This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. Nowhere were they more relieved with Jerome Powell's statements this week than in the White House. The Bush family blamed then-Fed Chairman Alan Greenspan for the failure of George H. Bush to win re-election. They believed that Greenspan caused the recession that voters blamed Bush for. The Fed is supposed to be apolitical, and for the most part it has not succumbed to politicalization yet. I was skeptical that the Fed would act in a way that appearances would suggest that they were helping Biden. I'm sure that MAGA will call Fed easing into an election year political manipulation, but here again, that would just be more projection. I think that the Fed is doing what it truly thinks it needs to do, which it cannot do without its independence. The institution has so far avoided being co-opted. I believe that to be an apolitical perspective. The Fed is not perfect. It eased too long to mitigate the economic impact of the pandemic, which contributed in letting the inflation ogre loose, which they then had to rein in with aggressive action without tanking the economy. That was a tall order. If this ends on the trajectory that Chairman Jerome Powell thinks it may, we came through this better than I would have expected. I do not know who you can blame for a dark negative consumer sentiment, but analysts have noted the stark consumer pessimism that has prevailed is not apparent in the financial data. Incomes rose 4% while inflation is now 3 GDP growth levels far and away exceed those during the previous administration. Employment has set records. If I can point to one major disconnect, it will be regarding the significant surge of industrial growth in the U.S. manufacturing as the U.S. reshores what they previously outsourced to other countries for a few decades. This is being incentivized by trillion-dollar government incentives, it is what Americans said that they wanted, and it is happening right before their eyes, yet they seem blind to it. This reshoring and reindustrialization are inflationary. You cannot build all this stuff without increasing demand for raw materials and hire all these workers without increasing prices. Sustained 2% inflation is wishful thinking and may be harder to achieve if the Fed eases up on the interest rate break. Geopoliticist Peter Zian says that he's got some good news and bad news on inflation in the United States. Let's start with the good news. The U.S. is finally emerging from its COVID mask of changing consumer behavior and crazy supply chain dynamics. That means that we've settled into a more stable consumption patterns and supply chains have finally caught up. So the headline inflation is decreasing. Now to the bad news. We're entering a two decade long period of labor shortages. As baby boomers retire, the Zoomers won't be able to keep up with labor demands, and the shortage is only going to get worse into the mid-2030s. While it's nice to finally see COVID in the rearview mirror, we're coming up on something much stickier that will plague our inflation rates for a while. On the grains. Farmer selling is light and basis is firm as we move into the holiday mode. Brazil forecasts continue to keep corn and beans on the defensive, but then they also keep falling short of expectations and amounts in coverage as the days tick by and the crop's daily needs are rapidly increasing as well. Argentina's prospects, on the other hand, continue to rapidly improve. If anything, the needed rains have exceeded forecasts and have taken a country that was facing another drought-plagued season to nearly ideal conditions in rising production forecasts. They are pretty much sold out for now, 
For the only fierce competition with abundant new crop after slashing their currency value by half to be more in line with reality, the new presidents stated the goal of dollarizing their economy. Reporting from Brazil, one farm source in Central Mato Grosso who planted very early described the situation as difficult and complicated. They were able to avoid any replant, but they kept thinking the rainfall in December would improve. It is not. He said their last rain was nine days ago, and that was only about three-tenths of an inch. Combined with 100-degree temperatures, this does very little for their crop. They signaled that lower production was evident unless something changed, and there's not much in the forecast. Meteorologists are looking for the El Nino to peak in December and begin to crest in January. That doesn't mean that El Nino weather forces will stop anytime soon. We see them to continue and well into 2024, likely through at least February or even March, but slowly weakening into the first semester. Forecasts think it may be June before they reach neutral levels between El Nino and La Nina. This would indicate that we should not expect a dramatic shift in South American weather patterns, but rather a continuation into early next year. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits. Futures trading involves risk. The risk of loss in trading futures and or options is substantial, and each investor and or trader must consider whether this is a suitable investment. Past performance is not indicative of future results.